It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. Greetings, Hoops Heads. Welcome to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Friday, March 23rd. I'm your host, Aliko Carter. Some sad news out of Boston today. Kyrie Irving having a minimally invasive procedure on his left knee. His timetable is unknown. That could change things in the East. In the West, the Warriors are getting healthy. The team expects Stephen Curry to come back tonight against the Hawks and and Clay Thompson to return Sunday against the Jazz. That'll help things out. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about the latest on the Warriors and get my thoughts on that. In the second segment, we're going to go down the Reddit hole. And in the third segment, we're going to revisit my interview with the founders and leadership of the Historical Basketball League and HBCU League. It's going to play in the summer. It's going to pay players. It's going to allow them to get endorsement deals, and it's basically taking on the NBA, and they don't care what the, uh, the, the NCAA, and they don't care what the NCAA thinks about it. My guests were Ricky Vellante, the CEO, and Ralph Green, the CMO. I also was able to speak separately with Andy Schwartz, the founder of the Historical Basketball League, and I've got a story in Forbes.com coming out about all of that either today or potentially tomorrow. I'll keep you posted on all that goodness. I'll post it on Locked On Warriors Facebook. You can get this podcast anywhere podcasts are available. That's Spotify, iTunes, iOS, and Google Play, as well as LockedOnWarriors.com and LockedOnSports.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Locked On Dubs or Locked On NBA Net, where all of the NBA podcasts are housed. In addition, you can get in touch with me via Twitter at Kojitare, K-O-G-I-T-A-R-E, or at Locked On Dubs. I tweet from both accounts. You can also hit me up via email at alicocarter 11 at gmail.com. I love chopping it up about hoops. If you have any questions, comments about the show, any topics you'd like to hear covered, let me know. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Thursday, Thursday's episode, I highly suggest you go do so. It was posted very late last night, sometime around 8.30 p.m., so I won't blame you if you haven't gotten around to it, but it's a great, fantastic uh, interview with these guys who are really just trying to get college athletes a fair price for their labor. It's very interesting stuff, very necessary in the landscape of amateurism that we have in collegiate hoops today. It's just not fair. Now it's time to talk about the Warriors a little bit and some news out of the organization. Draymond Green unable to play against the Hawks on Friday, dealing with a pelvic contusion. That's a bad break for the Warriors. That means only Stephen Curry will be available out of the Warriors' core four guys. And... uh 
that's just that's that's tough because you you what you want to see is some building of continuity before the playoffs begin, some building of momentum and chemistry before the playoffs begin. And it's just really tough to do that when you've got guys who are on the mend. And it's important that they get off the injury report as soon as possible. I just think that having a few games before the playoffs actually start to build synergy and to uh, put some beatdowns on some teams to get that confidence up, I think would be extremely helpful. And, you know, it's just, it's just tough with, with clay, you know, dealing with that fracture in his right thumb, you know, he's expected to be back on the court on Sunday, maybe even before that uh, on Sunday or potentially next week. And, uh, you know, he's got, it's on his right thumb. It's on his shooting thumb. So he needs to get up reps as, as many reps as possible. Draymond green, uh, needs to get healthy and get up reps as much as possible. He was playing so well in the absence of Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and Klay Thompson, really opening up his game and showing us what he's capable of when he's a number one option. Kevin Durant dealing with a fractured cartilage in his ribs on his right side, and uh, you know he's sidelined for two weeks going back to 315. That's the beginning of April, and that's tough. Uh, it, it, it's it's an injury that's going to be uh, difficult to overcome as far as breathing is concerned, heavy breathing when you have damage to your ribs. Uh, it's an open space. You know, guys like to, you know, when they're playing defense, you know, touch you and, 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 and prod you, poke you, push you. And uh, that is an open area that is going to be a little bit too exposed for my taste. So hopefully he can get that healed up real quick and it won't be an issue that lingers well into the playoffs. As you may recall, the Atlanta Hawks played the Warriors well when they played a few weeks ago. Golden State coming out with the win 114-109 in Atlanta. Everybody was available for that game. JaVale McGee was starting along with the core four, Curry, Durant, Thompson, and Green. Andre played, David West played, Nick Young played, Quinn Cook played, Zaza, Jordan Bell, Omri Caspi. It's going to be a very different game this time around. No Durant, no Thompson, no Green. Stephen Curry will likely start with Zaza Pachulia, Andre Iguodala, and Nick Young. I would say that is the starting lineup we can expect. No Looney minutes in the last game against the Atlanta Hawks. Expect Looney to play a big role in this one. He's really earned his minutes lately. He's looking very good, and he's probably going to be the subject of my Warrior of the Week next week, so stay tuned for that Tuesday. The Atlanta Hawks are not a very good team. They have 21 wins. They are 11th in the league in pace. They don't play too fast, but they will run with the Warriors, and they have a minus 5.1 point differential. They score 104 points a game, allow 109 they're also injured as F. Kent Bazemore suffered a bone bruise in his right knee. He's out for the season. DeAndre Bembry sidelined with an abdominal strain, and he's questionable. John Collins. Collins has been playing out of his mind for the Atlanta Hawks. Sat out the last two games with a sprained ankle. He's questionable for the Rockets on Sunday. Will not play against the Golden State Warriors. Malcolm Delaney sidelined with a left ankle sprain. He's Unknown, Jalen Morris, left ankle sprain, two to four weeks. Antonius Cleveland has been held out of action due to a left ankle injury 
will miss an undetermined length of time. Ankles, 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 people. Stephen Curry isn't the only one with the problem. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. Somebody said that Steph stepped on somebody's foot. He didn't step on somebody's foot. He was coming into the next to the stanchion and just it just rolled it didn't roll on anybody's foot it just he was a little off balance and he rolled it um i believe it was greg papa i was listening to papa and bonte hill on 95 7 the game the other day uh, and he said you know when somebody lands on somebody's foot you know it's never in he has ankle problems it's always no that's just like your ankle's not supposed to land on people's feet stephen curry did not land on anybody's ankle when he with his most this latest ankle injury um and so that gives me a little bit of pause and just really hope that his ankle is strong enough and he's got the right equipment keeping it straight keeping it together so that he can play the remainder of the season in the playoffs without re-aggravating that particular injury Dennis Schroeder's coming off a series of very good games he scored 41 points in a game recently career high and so gotta watch out for him miles plumley loves the offensive boards gotta watch out for him same with Dwayne deadman who's now pulling it out to three mike muscala can shoot the three as well but the hawks are coming off of a fat six game losing streak before winning at the jazz and losing to the sacramento kings on Thursday, they're on the second night of a back-to-back. The Sega Baba should do the Warriors some good because the Warriors have had three days to rest and everybody is probably itching to get out there and play. And then the Hawks are at the Houston Rockets on Sunday. Hopefully they can play spoiler, but doubtful. Should be a good game tonight. Tip-off at 7.30. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's pray for our injured warriors. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness support for this podcast comes from cdw and cisco modern modernization today has the products you need to modernize your workplace like wi-fi booster crystals let their metaphysical powers enhance connectivity and spiritually awaken your internet of things at CDW, we get crystals won't modernize your network. You need Cisco Catalyst access points that are Wi-Fi 6 compatible and can help you improve reliability, increase capacity, and reduce latency. Cisco and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com Cisco. And we're back and we're going down the Reddit hole Warriors edition. Today is Quinn Cook's birthday. Submitted by Curry1992 on Reddit. Happy birthday, Quinn Cook. Very exciting. This Saturday, Cook will be at Laney College in Oakland from 1 to 5 p.m., helping to host The Kickback, a cool charity event and an interactive community shoe-raising event designed to provide resources for those in need. Good for Quinn Cook. That comes from Redditor, KYH0MPB. From Redditor, Mackenzie Frenzy 
Steph Curry spoke about his ankle. He said, if you're being really nitpicky, it's definitely not 100%. There's nothing that's going to happen between now and the end of June that's going to change that. We appreciate the honesty from Stephen Curry and hope that he can play without re-injuring that ankle going forward. There's a poll by my robot overlord. Should the Warriors retain Quinn Cook for the playoffs and cut a player? Reply if yes with who that should be. Results next Friday. All right, everybody take that poll. Do you want to see Quinn Cook on the roster in the playoffs? I wouldn't mind seeing him in favor of Nick Young. And I've said this in the past. I think he can do everything Nick Young can do. Nick Young is a much larger player and can play defense, but he hasn't shown that he's willing and consistently able to play good defense for as long as he's out there on the court. And I mean, neither is Quinn Cook, but Quinn Cook's been putting the ball in the basket. So my vote is for Cook over Young, but I know that that's doubtful to happen. Cook doesn't fit into the Warriors' playoff scheme as well as Young does, just based on size. Redditor RobotSore posted a story from Chris Haynes of ESPN. Curry, despite his ankle injuries, is going to, for the first time, play in a mid-low shoe for the playoffs. His brand-new Curry 5 low was unveiled last week, March 14th, his 30th birthday. And he's going to wear the kicks along with ankle braces against the Atlanta Hawks tonight. He's always worn a mid- or high-top shoe as well as braces. But he says, These shoes are an evolution in my signature series series and engineered to work in tandem with my braces better than any shoe free previously. I wanted to switch it up a little bit with a light shoe that could help speed up the game for me. It's kind of ironic that they made the switch last season considering my ankle issues, but this shoe is stable and engineered to maximize my performance. I will still wear my ankle braces, but I have total comfort and security in my new shoes. Haynes says, high top shoes typically aren't a bestseller, mostly because of the difficulty in coordinating them with everyday clothes. Curry's line has always had all versions, but he played in only the high tops, which is the version most fans see. So it's Under Armour really trying to up its uh, game, get sales back to where they were when the Curry one came out and trying to make Curry a household name in the shoe game again. Obviously, kids love the Currys. Kids love the Currys. You see kids all around the Bay Area, all around the country wearing Currys, but you're not really seeing them worn by adults, by that 18 to 49 demographic that advertisers and apparel companies love so much. But Curry's happy with it. He went on to say he admitted the style played a part in the change. He made his feelings known in a meeting with Under Armour two years ago. It was like my Forrest Gump moment where I envisioned playing without my braces. When people took pictures of my shoes, the braces distracted what the shoe looks like and it made me look a little bulky. I was like, I just want to get to a point where I can get my ankles strong enough that when I'm out there on the court with my new shoes, I'm looking good in my new shoes and I don't have to wear these braces to dumb it down. But I had to take a step back and say, I can have the best of both worlds. I can have a dope shoe that's low and still fit, can fit a brace, and that makes sure that I'm good to go, that this was years in the making. Three years ago yesterday, I'm sure you all can remember, Leandro Barbosa, our man, the blur, we're going to be championship. That was three years ago yesterday. He called it. 
He called it, and the rest is history. Definitely go and watch that footage. We're going to be championship. Roz Gold on Wood A. Really great. Just good memories. I'm just watching it on loop right now. That comes from Redditor Southwick75344. And lastly, from Redditor Curry1992, again, Clay Thompson on the cover of Slam Magazine. Putting up the threes, wearing the town jersey, sunglasses, looking like a cool-ass mofo. Definitely check out that cover story, Slam Magazine. You're listening to Locked On Warriors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Stay tuned for my continuation of conversation about amateurism in college sports. Hey guys, if you already busted your bracket, there's still a way for you to cash in on March Madness at my bookie. If you haven't signed up yet, it's not too late. It doesn't matter if you've been a player for years or if you like a team because their colors match your favorite shoes. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join my bookie today. I would only recommend a service that's been good to me and my listeners. That's why I'm telling you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay, fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place a bet after tip-off. Join now and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant to learn more. And we're back and we're talking about the historical basketball league, the HBL, which is partnering with HBCUs, that's historically black colleges and universities, to form this league to... uh, provide some equity and 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 pay college collegiate basketball players fair a fair price for their labor and uh, Andy Schwartz the founder of the league basically sees the NCAA as a cartel in Schwartz's words the NCAA whose signature tournament is enthralling audiences around the country right now is an economic price fixing cartel and the problem he says that Every economic cartel has, and he uses that in a sense of a group that fixes prices, generates profits, and then shares the profits among themselves, which is what amateurism is, is if you're not letting the market distribute the profits, then you have to form a committee to distribute the profits, and there's always an odd man out. Surprise, surprise, in America, it's HBCUs. 
It's the black colleges and universities that are getting less. They're getting much, much, much less. Actually, your your typical Division I NCAA school can uh, from the SEC can expect about $41 million of that NCAA pie. This is from 2016, while a Division I HBCU could see less than a million and a Division II HBCU, that's a bleak $37,000 slice of that NCAA pie. So Swartz, a sports economist by trade, saw an opportunity to form a league with HBCUs as his backbone. He brought in attorney Ricky Vellante to become the CEO and the former head of Nike football, Ralph Green, to do his marketing. They began the arduous task of taking on the NCAA from the inside. And the interview I had yesterday was, of course, with Ricky Vellante and and Ralph Green. But it was Andy's vision that got this all started, Andy Schwartz. And uh, he, he, he told me about, you know, how amateurism developed, developed in the 19th century in Europe, designed to keep the working class out of sports so that the aristocracy could monopolize sporting accolades. And you see it in sports like golf and tennis. Tennis continued that model until 1968 with the advent of the open era, changed everything in tennis, allowed players from less affluent backgrounds to come and play tennis and make their statements on the court. So what I'm saying is if tennis hadn't abandoned this model, we wouldn't have the Williams sisters, we wouldn't have guys like Djokovic and and, and other players from the poorer backgrounds of the international scene. It was a revolutionary idea for tennis, And it's a revolutionary idea for college basketball. The idea Andy had is to find someone in the cartel who isn't benefiting that much, enter HBCUs, show them how they can supplement that, and then if it's successful, to show the world that the mythos of amateurism, which in a lot of ways is devaluing of the economic value of black labor specifically, is a fraud. There's no commercial benefit to impoverishing the athletes so that they stay hungry. He goes on to say it's infantilizing and racist. And at its core is about two classes of people. There's the class of people where their value is, this should be enough for you. And he talks about collegiate basketball players. He talks about women's national soccer players who've gone, you know, players like Abby Wambach have uh, said in the past This is what they told me. This should be enough for you. And no, it's not enough. They deserve fair value for their labor. Amateurism took root in the Ivy League, which was the first collegiate sports league in the United States, and then spread to places where uh, it was de jour segregated. So revenues have boomed, but because of amateurism, pay hasn't kept up, and it was very popular in places like the South, And the model wasn't always that way. In the beginning of the 20th century, there was a study, according to Mr. Schwartz, that basically said 81 out of the 114 schools that were polled were actually paying their players. So the HBL is not even that new of an idea. But what they're trying to do is innovative. It will be a summer season tipping off on Juneteenth and wrapping up Labor Day weekend so that players would be able to do their schooling and so that they do not have competition with NCAA programs. 
And obviously a player who joins the HBL would not be eligible to play in the NCAA, but it doesn't preclude the HBCUs involved from having a men's varsity basketball teams. It's going to be streaming from day one, so branding opportunities for schools, international talent, pipelines, exposure, maximizing the overall revenue pie, and bringing these programs into the 21st century. The gyms are appropriately sized for intimacy at HBCUs. They could create a branding opportunity there. And as the athletes graduate into the NBA, there's going to be bragging rights. So not only will they get paid, they'll have the opportunity to have endorsement deals in addition to a five-year scholarship. That Adidas shoe deal, Ricky Vellante says, that Adidas shoe deal that's resulting in all these under-the-table payments in the DOJ investigation that we're currently seeing, that money could be brought back above the table. You could now have a shoe deal with Adidas even going back to high school if you know you're going to end up in the HBL. So if you're that elite AAU 14-year-old, you can monetize your presence instead of worrying about NCAA eligibility, making money as early as 14 years old. They don't begrudge coders for making money on projects while they're in school, for musicians for making money on performances while they're in school. It's just collegiate sports. It doesn't make any sense. It's couched in classism and racism, and it needs to change. That's my show for today. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the basketball tonight and on Sunday. I'll catch you Monday, and I'll keep you posted on when this story is coming out. Stay thoughtful, Hoops Heads. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowl. Together, we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.